We come now to chapter 19 into a new section titled The Ebb and Flow in Relationships Between Church and State from 800 to 1054. Chapter 19, The Emergence of the Holy Roman Empire. Before we begin this section, this reading, I want to remind you that this is just a personal reading of this book, Christianity Through the Centuries, A History of the Christian Church by Earl E. Carnes. This is simply a personal reading. There will be names, words, places uh, that will be unfamiliar to me. I will do my best to pronounce them uh, to the best of my ability. Please bear with me as I try to do so. Um, but again, this is just a personal reading to fulfill the requirements of a class that I am taking through the Master's University online. Uh, the class is titled Church History. And we come now to chapter 19, The Emergence of the Holy Roman Empire. Roman numeral 1. The Decline of the Carolingian Empire. The history of the Church in this era involves discussion of the complex web of relationships that existed between the Church and the imperial states in the East and the West. It was the period when the first great schism in the Church occurred. The Western and Eastern sections of the Church separated to go their respective ways as the Roman Catholic Church in the West and the Greek Orthodox Church in the East. And the gloom of the Dark Ages was being slowly dispelled by a revival of learning that began under Charlemagne. Heading A. The Weak Successors of Charlemagne The brilliant imperial structure established by the coronation of Charlemagne by Leo III on Christmas Day of the year 800 did not long survive its, its great founder. Because the empire had been dependent on his genius, his death was the signal for the beginning of its dissolution. Neither his son nor his grandson had the energy and ability that he had, and the splendid Frankish Empire broke up rapidly. Heading B. Teutonic Principle of Inheritance An even more important factor in the decline of the Frankish phase of the Holy Roman Empire was the fragmentation introduced into the imperial structure by the fatal Teutonic principle that prescribed the, the division of the lands of the father among his sons. This principle was put into operation even during the lifetime of Louis the Pious, 778-840, Charlemagne's immediate successor. The Roman concept of an individual empire was foreign to the Teutonic mind. Furthermore, even if Louis had held this concept, he lacked the personal genius of his father Charlemagne to work it out. He was unable to control the strong aristocracy, and his indulgent nature weakened his con control of his turbulent family. Shortly after he took over the imperial throne, Louis announced his plans for the division of his empire among his sons. When another son, Charles the Bald, was born, to him and to his second wife, Judith, he had to change his plans so as to include Charles among his heirs in the event of his death. When Louis died in 840, after a troubled reign that had begun in 814, the quarrels of his sons made the, the decline of the great Caroling Carolingian Empire inevitable. His son, Louis, inherited the eastern section, Charles the Bald inherited the western section, 
and the long central section stretching from the North Sea to Adriatic Sea, and the imperial title of emperor went to Lothair. Lothair wished to extend his control over the whole area of his father's empire, but his two brothers, Charles the Bald and Louis the German, united against him. The latter two met, a, met at Strasbourg in 842, and took an oath in the vernaculars of their respective peoples to be loyal to each other until they had defeated Lothair. This meeting had significance for the history of modern France and Germany, because Louis, whose possessions included most of the area of modern Germany, and Charles, whose possessions included most of the area of modern France, each recognized the common tongue of his subjects by taking his oath in it. This alliance was too strong for Lothair, and in 843 the three brothers agreed to the Treaty of Verdun. See map on page 179. The area of modern France was granted to Charles the Bald, and the area of modern Germany was to belong to Louis. Lothair was given the title of emperor, and a strip between the two kingdoms that was a thousand miles long and over a hundred miles wide. This, this event marked the birth of the modern states of France and Germany and rivalry between them for possession of the area between the two kingdoms had continued until modern times and has been a source of trouble in the affairs of Western Europe. By the Treaty of Mersen in 870, the rulers of the eastern and western Frankish kingdoms divided the central area between their two kingdoms and confined the descendants of Lothair to Italy. Heading C. The Rise of Feudalism Fragmentation of the great empire that Charlemagne had built upon, uh, built up, was also hastened by the rise of feudalism. Feudalism, in, the, in one form or another, always arises when a central government becomes weak and can no longer exercise effective authority over the areas under its control. The decline of city life and trade after the fall of the Roman Empire forced people back to the land to make a living. Feudalism had presented pre precedence, both in Roman and German customs, concerning the holding of land and service. These and other chaotic conditions of the ninth century encouraged the rise of the feudalistic way of life in Western Europe. It put public power into private hands. Society was divided horizontally rather than vertically in the Middle Ages, so that there was little social mobility. A person usually lived his life in the social rank in which his father had lived. Society was divided, after the rise of feudalism, into a group of protectors, the feudal kings, who had the privilege of land ownership in return for their services, into a group of producers, the serfs on the manors, who became the economic foundation of feudalism, and into a group of prayers, the priestly class of the universal church. The individual was subordinated to the corporate of group interest, and every man had his, his master in such a hierarchical society. Feudalism may be defined as a system of political organization based on possession of land, for which one gave military and other services to the Lord who granted possession of the land. Lord is lowercase. 
The local lord, lowercase l, gave good government in the immediate area where he owned the land, until nation-states could emerge in England, France, and Spain in the late Middle Ages. This was the only way in which justice and order could be maintained during the period of weak centralized authority after the decline of the Roman Empire. The failure of the Merovingian kingdom and the breakup of Charlemagne's empire. Manorialism was also an economic system that provided a living for all classes of society after the breakdown of international trade, another result of the fall of the Roman Empire. Both the lord and serf got their living from the soil, and each manor was self-sufficient except for a few items such as salt, millstones, or iron bars for the smith to work into tools. The manor, an area that could support an armed knight, was the land unit in the feudal system. Some feudal lords might own several manors. Thus, the manor was the basic economic unit that made the feudal system possible. Land tenure was the link that tied the manorial and feudal systems together. The knight, the lowest link in the feudal pyramid, was dependent for his living on the serfs, who worked the land for him. In return, he gave them protection. Feudalism also involved personal relationships of loyalty between the vassal and the lord, such as the obligation of forty days of military service each year, the provision of food and prayers, if the vassal was a churchman. Ideally, society was pyramidal, with each vassal having a lord, and the lord at the top of the pyramid. The king was a vassal of God. Only in England, under William the Conqueror, in the 11th century, was the feudal pyramid realized. In what is now modern France and Germany, the tie between the feudal vassal and the ruler was weak. This discussion of feudalism has been made necessary by the importance of feudalism as the political and economic system that gave law and order in the area of decentralization and chaos that followed the dissolution of the Carlingian Empire and the invasions of, the Western, of Western Europe and England by the Vikings in the 8th to 10th centuries, and later by Slavs and Magyars. The influence of feudalism on the church in this period is even more important. A large amount of the land of Western Europe was held by the church during the late Middle Ages. Because the gifts of land by pious or repentant men seeking to atone for a life of sin remained in the hands of the Roman Church as a corporate body from generation to generation. That church was a great landowner, could not help but be influenced by the feudal system. These gifts were held in feudal tenure by abbots and bishops. The clergy, as servants of God, could not render military service to their feudal lord, and therefore they either had to give part of their lands to vassal knights, who could render military service for them, or devise other services. This feudalization of church land tended to secularize the church and to distract its attention from spiritual to mundane interests. The ecclesiastical vassal faced the problem of divided allegiance. Should his primary allegiance be to the temporal lord, to whom he owed feudal dues, or to the pope, the spiritual overlord, from whom the, his spiritual authority came? 
This division of allegiance hindered the development of the sound spiritual life essential to the success of the church. Since the younger sons of the nobles could gain land and prestige through service in the church, great nobles often interfered with elections to get an abbey or bishopric for their relatives. Many of these men were worldly and had little interest in the spiritual matters that went with the ecclesiastical position. The investiture controversy, the, the dispute as to whether the feudal lord or the pope should gain an ecclesiastical feudal vassal, the symbols of his authority, embittered relationships between the church and the state during the 11th and 12th centuries. The ring, staff, and pallium were the symbols of spiritual authority, and the sword and scepter were the symbols of feudal authority. At times, both the feudal lord and the pope claimed the right to give all these symbols. Such controversy led to a loss of spiritual life on the part of the leaders of the church, the neglect of their spiritual duties, and the secularization of their interests as they gave, as they gave more attention to control of their land and local feudal squabbles than they did to the affairs of the church. The church in the West had to fight feudalization while that in the East unsuccessfully fought imperial control. The secularization of the church, because of its involvement in the feudal system, must be balanced against the attempts of the church to mitigate the evils of feudal warfare. Early in the 11th century, the church was able to get the feudal lords to accept the peace of God and the truce of God. The peace of God was an agreement to ban private quarrels, to attack no unarmed person, to permit no robbery or violence, and to pillage no sacred place. This agreement was needed because the feudal lord felt no obligation not to fight his feudal neighbor. The truce of God bound the feudal class not to fight from sunset on Wednesday to sunrise on Monday of each week and not to fight on the day of church festivals. This left less than 100 days in the year open to feudal fighting. It also provided that churches, cemeteries, monasteries, and covenants should be sanctuaries where refugees could find a safe asylum in time of trouble. Women, peasants, and clergy were not to be harmed. These agreements did much to lessen the brutalities of feudal warfare, in the Middle Ages. Heading D. Viking, Slav, and Magyar Invasions While feudalism was both effect and cause in the decline of the Carolingian Empire, the Viking, Slav, and Magyar invasions were definite factors in its rapid dissolution. These Vikings, or Northmen, who came from what is now modern Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, were a problem in Western Europe from the late 8th century until the 10th century. Any town or monastery along the coast or on the shores of the navigable river could expect a visit from these bold sea rovers. Many of them finally settled in England and, after much fighting, merged with their kinsmen, the Anglo-Saxons, who had come to England earlier. In the process, the fine Christian culture that had been built up in Ireland and England, during the Dark Ages, was destroyed or set back. Other Vikings settled in Normandy, from whence they came to conquer England. 
under the leadership of William the Conqueror in 1066. Some tracked south across eastern Europe and laid the foundations of the Russian state. Others settled in Sicily and southern Italy, where for a time they presented a threat to the temporal power of the papacy. The Slavs and Magyars settled in south-central Europe. Roman numeral two, the importance of the Carolingian Empire. Preoccupation with the region, reasons for the decline of the Carolingian Empire must not blind us to its importance in Western European history. The French and German states emerged from its ruins. Although the German state, with its later claims to universal empire, as the legitimate successor to the Roman and Carolingian empires, never succeeded in working out a centralized nation-state until 19th-century nationalism welded the Germans into one nation-state. It became the successor to the imperial Frankish state in the 10th century. Instead of aiding the Pope as the Frankish emperors had done, it fought with the papacy for supremacy until its ruling line was defeated by Innocent III. The ideal of a revived Roman Empire was never given up after the fall of Charlemagne's empire. The German emperors of the 10th century took over from the, from the West Frankish state the tradition of empire, and the empire founded by Otto I was known as the Holy Roman Empire. The Carolingian Empire also created the problem of whether the church or the... The Carolingian Empire was, all, was also created the problem of whether the church or the state was the representative of deity on earth. The issue of whether God had delegated sovereignty to the Pope or to the Emperor, so that one derived his authority from the other, was a heritage of Charlemagne's empire. That issue embittered relationships between church and the state during the Middle Ages and led to a power struggle between the two for, the two for centuries. The beginning of the Pope's claim to be a temporal ruler dated from the grant of lands in Italy to the Pope of Pepin, to Pope by Pepin, the ancestor of Charlemagne, in 756. The Pope was a temporal as well as a spiritual leader made claims on national rulers during the Middle Ages, claims they would not admit were justified. The impetus given to culture by Charlemagne must be counted as one of the great marks of his empire. His reign was a bright light, illuminating, by contrast, the cultural darkness of the, of the Dark Ages elsewhere in Western Europe. One cannot but be impressed with the significance of Charlemagne and his empire for the subsequent history of the church and state in Western Europe. Roman numeral three, the 10th century revival of the Roman Empire. Even though the empire created by Charlemagne disappeared, the ideal of the universal political empire which Western Europe had inherited from Rome remained. It was not to be realized again by the Franks, but was to be realized in the eastern section of Charlemagne's empire, which had gone to Louis the German in 843. Some consideration must be given to the rise, growth, and significance of this new claimant to the power of the imperial Rome in the West. Unification in Germany was, has always been more difficult than unification in France. 
The physical geography of France provides her with the natural boundaries of the Mediterranean Sea, the Atlantic, the Pyrenees Mountains, and the Alps. Only on the Rhine does she face frustration. Because she has never been able to make it a natural boundary for the French state, geography works against Germany, unity, German unity, because rivers in Germany flow north to the north or Baltic seas, and in the southern part of the country they flow east. Northern Germany is most, mostly plain, whereas southern Germany's, Germany is mountainous. This makes for different interests among the people. Moreover, the traditional tribal divisions, coupled with later feudal states, led to decentralization of authority. Even after Germany was made one in name under the emperors of the Holy Roman Empire, the interest of the emperor in the affairs of the church across the Alps was not shared by his people. But in spite of these problems, the eastern part of Charlemagne's old empire became the center of the imperial power that had once been wielded in the west by the Franks. The tribal dukes of Germany faced with the need of unity for defense against the Northmen and the Slavic Magyars, selected Henry the Fowler, the Duke of Saxony, as their ruler in 919. He drove back the Northmen and was able to defeat the Slavic invaders. Henry was succeeded as king of the Germans by his son Otto, 912-973, to in 936. Otto made the dukes his vassals and took over supervision of the affairs of the church by naming bishops and abbots, of his choosing to take care of ecclesiastical interests in Germany. If he had been willing to confine his efforts to Germany, he might have built up a powerful centralized monarchy similar to that which later English, French, and Spanish kings were to create. But he became interested in affairs across the Alps, and for centuries problems of the church and state in Italy became a drain on German resources. He went to Italy to aid the Pope against the powerful, a powerful ruler, who had risen to threaten the papal power in, in Italy, and Pope John XII crowned him as Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire in 962. Once again there was a Roman Emperor to claim jurisdiction over the people of Europe, as Charlemagne and the Roman Emperors had done before. All Central, power, all, all central Europe, from the North Sea to the Adriatic, was united under the German Roman Empire which was to last until Napoleon brought about its dissolution in 1806. During the next two centuries, the Roman See had weak incumbents, and the German emperors often crossed the Alps to bring order out of chaos and to extend their own interests in Italy. For example, Otto III in 996 entered Rome, and after putting down a faction of Roman nobles, forced the election of his own cousin, Bruno, as Pope Gregory V. This constant interference by the German rulers in the affairs of the papacy in Italy led to a struggle between the emperor and the pope until Innocent III humiliated and defeated the emperor and ended German interference in Italy.